Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Danny Kennedy, and you're listening to episode number 54. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you're having a fantastic week and thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first episode, um, I hope you do enjoy it and also go back and have a look at some of the older episodes, see if there's some stuff you like. If there is, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and for the guys and girls that are already following this podcast and have subscribed already, please do leave a review and uh, and rate the podcast if you're enjoying these episodes. Um, and with that, let's get into today's show. So I wanted to talk today about some of... Um, some of the bullshit in the health and fitness industry, um, excuse my language, but there's just there's just so much stuff that I continually see through social media and stuff that I hear from potential clients, people coming through that fill out my questionnaires and let me know what they've done in the past. And, and to be perfectly honest, it's not their fault. It's not, you know, if you're following some of the stuff that I go through today, it's not your fault. It's just the fact that the marketing around these ideas and the fact that there's so much information out there, it's really hard to sift through the stuff that's no good and find the things that are actually going to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. But that's what I'm here to do today. Um, so I want to share with you probably, I'd say anywhere from between five to 10 of the things that I think um, that really have no relevance and shouldn't be in your training or, or eating program or plan um, and things that you should avoid if you're really serious about actually seeing results um, and want to get the best out of your body and your health and still enjoy it, you know, a happy and healthy life without having to sacrifice too much to get the body um, and the health that you're after. So the first one, and this is something I've mentioned on the show before, but that is lifting weight for high reps to tone your muscles. Now, firstly, you can't actually tone a muscle, okay? So the only thing you can do with a muscle is either increase it in size or decrease the size of a muscle. Um, you can't actually change the shape of a muscle. That, as, as I said, the actual shape is just determined by the size. Okay, because we've all got a genetic structure um, and, and that's, really, that's all there is you can do with it. But to create the illusion of tone, so firstly, you know, what I mean by tone, and this is, you, you, hear, you tend to hear this a lot, especially with female clients that they want to get more toned. Um, and, you know, all tone is, is a reduction of body fat um, and an increase in lean muscle mass. Okay, so to get that tone look or the definition that you're after, you need to focus on building up your lean muscle mass through strength training and progressive overload, and then reduce your overall body fat percentage to reveal that shape. Okay, and that's what brings out that definition and, and what people um, call toning um, is not actually changing the shape of a muscle or doing any specific type of training that's going to make the muscle look toned. It's just a reduction in body fat so you can see the shape. So you can see the, see the lean muscle mass that you've actually built there. And I actually sent out an email to my email list the other day. Um, if you're not signed up to it, you can go to dannykennedyfitness.com and sign up for free to get my weekly emails, um, you know, tips, advice on nutrition and training and, and free workouts and whatnot. But females do typically um, tend to want this as their goal. You know, I'll send through a questionnaire to a potential client and they'll write back, I want to just tone up or something like that. And that's why I created the Female Strength and Fat Loss Program, which you can find on my website, um, which is extremely cheap, but the whole purpose of the program was to show females in particular how you can strength train and train with weights and resistance um, and keep the intensity right up, especially with the cardio, to get that look you're after without you know crash dieting and absolutely killing yourself with little to, to no food. Um, so that's number one, lifting lightweight for high reps to tone your muscles. Um, it's just a myth. It's a no-go. 
focus on progressive overload, build that muscle mass up, um, and then reduce your body fat percentage to reveal that shape. Number two, juice diets and cleansers. Um, I don't think I really need to talk about this too much. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know what my thoughts are on these type of things. They're just they're quick fixes. Um, they're money making schemes. You know, you may feel good uh, mentally by the end of it because you know you feel like you've had your detox or cleanse and whatnot. But what typically tends to happen at the end of these is that you backtrack. You know, you take one step forward but two steps backwards because by the end of it, you know, you're that hungry. You've got such little energy. Your training's probably been very average um, that you tend to then overeat. Um, and you just generally don't feel great at the end of them physically. The people that I've spoke to that have actually done these have all said the same thing. Their training has actually been pretty bad because they don't have any energy. Um, by the time they finish, they may lose a few kilos or they may, may lose a lot of weight. But then because they're so hungry, they don't they don't actually learn any new habits. And that's what I try and teach with my coaching is not so much about just how to lose the weight because anybody can lose weight. It's easy. All you have to do is eat less than you're, you're eating at the moment, okay? And restrict your food and you'll lose weight. But the education behind it is how to lose weight and keep it off, how to actually feel good, how to train good and still lose weight at the same time and still have a social life. So things like juice diets and cleansers, although they may, may seem good and a lot of the time they might promise, you know, lose five kilos in one week or two weeks, whatever it may be, in the long run, they're just a waste of time and money, and they're something that I would not recommend to anyone. Um, so that's number two. Number three, 30-day ab challenges. I've seen challenges like this, but also things like 30-day um, body weight squat challenges where you're increasing the amount of reps and stuff you're doing every day. Um, majority of the time, these programs are great for social awareness around someone's profile or even to get a group of people together for daily exercise. That's one plus. You know, you're getting people to, to exercise that may not necessarily train usually, um, and they're bringing them together, and that's great. But unfortunately, it's the quickest way to tighten up your hip flexors um, and bring on lower back pain, okay? If you're doing direct ab training every single day, your hip flexors are going to tighten up really, really quick. And, you you know, nine times out of ten, you'll probably notice by the time you finish this 30-day ab challenge or whatever it is, you're probably having some form of discomfort in your lower back, um, and that's that's very typical of overtraining the abs, especially doing direct exercises like crunches and all that type of stuff um, because you do use your hip flexors a lot in direct ab training, especially if you're not doing them properly or if you're doing a high repetition and you're fatigued um, and then you tend to bring in other muscle groups to try and take over the load. Um, so instead of doing a 30-day ab challenge, what I would recommend if, if that's your goal to bring out your abs to be able to have visible six-pack is to train abs like any other muscle group, two to three times per week, progressive overload, varied rep range and load. So heavyweight, lightweight, low reps, high reps, hit them from all different types of angles and focus on your diet more so than, than the actual ab training itself because you can do as much ab work as you like, but if your body fat's too high, you'll never be able to see your abs. Um, and, and that's what it comes down to. So eat in a slight calorie deficit over a period of time and you'll have that visible six pack that you're after. And if you do need help with figuring out your calorie intake and whatnot, please do send me an email at Danny Kennedy, Danny at DannyKennedyFitness.com. Sorry, so that was Danny at DannyKennedyFitness.com. I'd be happy to help you out. Number four, avoiding carbohydrates and in brackets, especially at night. Okay, uh, the amount of times I've um, I've heard people say that you know I've 
I'm not eating carbs at night or you know you should definitely not eat carbs at night because it'll just go straight to fat because you go to sleep and you don't use the energy um, there's complete bullshit guys carbs do not make you fat um, fats don't make you fat too many calories does though okay so overeating is what tends to put on body weight okay your your body fat percentage will go up if you overeat regardless of what macronutrient it's coming from so you know you shouldn't be avoiding carbs if you want to lose weight um, however you know you will need to restrict them um, to make sure you're in a calorie deficit but there's no need to go extremely low okay as long as you're in a calorie deficit regardless of what your carbs are you will lose weight over time um, so anytime you're cutting out a complete macronutrient group is not a good thing or especially, you know, just the timing. So if you're in a calorie deficit and you know how many carbohydrates you need for the day, which I recommend definitely everybody has at least a rough idea, then it makes no difference at all when you have them throughout the span of a day, okay? Whether that's spread out evenly through all your meals, whether that's majority in the morning or majority at night. Um, I, I tend to have a lot of my carbohydrates at night because if I've, especially if I've got a busy day, um, I don't necessarily have the chance to get them in evenly throughout the day. So I might get to the end of the day and I haven't eaten anywhere near enough. So I'll have a lot of carbs before bed. You won't wake up fatter. You won't wake up you know, uh, putting, on, putting on weight. If you do wake up and weigh yourself every single day and you did have a lot of carbs before bed, um, if the scales are a little bit higher in the morning, it's just because your body's holding a little bit more water because your glycogen stores are fuller. Okay, but don't be afraid of eating carbohydrates at night. It makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. As long as you're in a deficit and you're sticking to your carbohydrate target, then um, you're going to be fine. You're going to be losing weight over over the period of time that you're eating that calorie deficit. Number five is overdoing cardio for fat loss. So I put up a video, uh, I think it was late last week, on my Facebook page, which is just Danny Kennedy Fitness if you want to check that out. Um, a video on basically how to get lean the ins and outs of getting lean and one of the topics we spoke about was was cardio okay so i think a lot of people tend to overdo cardio for fat loss and what i mean by that is the first thing they turn to when they decide they want to lose weight is cardio assuming that cardio is what loses fat but i, I did a case study uh, late last year or mid last year when i did a half marathon uh, before the marathon started I was doing, um, I think I might have been doing two 15-minute two interval sessions of cardio per week. Um, and by the time I got to the, to the half marathon, I was doing you know hours of cardio per week to get ready for, for this run. And I actually put weight on over that period of time because I increased my calories. So again, it just comes down to a calorie deficit. And what I would always recommend for cardio in regards to fat loss is starting at a very low level. So for myself and for any of my clients, I, I try to start them at anywhere from one to three 10 to 15 minute interval sessions. And that's it for starters. And you may not even need to do more than that. Um, at the moment, I'm doing about three interval sessions per week. Um, none of them lasting any longer than 20 to 30 minutes. Um, absolute max. Most of them are about 15 to 20. And when I go into conscious prep, when I get to the point where I'm ridiculously lean and very low body fat percentage, I'll probably be doing the same, if not even less, cardio because I'll be focusing more on my recovery and my strength training and actually eating in a calorie deficit to create that weight loss, not focusing on cardio, okay? So when you are deciding to lose weight or lose fat, start at a very low level of cardio and only add it in when you need to. Just use it as a tool. If your fat loss plateaus, you have the option of either reducing your calories slightly or increasing your cardio slightly, um, and that's, that's all it takes. 
Number six is focusing too much on the scales. Um, and I did speak about this before in regards to the, um, the water weight and stuff like that. Um, I think there's just so many variables and factors that can come into play with scale weight that can throw it off. That is, it's just not healthy to be relying on the scales um, to measure your progress. You know, my favorite measurement to measure weight loss and fat loss is actually waist measurement, okay? And taking progress photos. Progress photos don't lie, especially if you're taking them in the same lighting at the same time every week. I do still recommend to take scale weight. Um, and it, uh, this is not contradicting what I said just then, but I actually, when I'm in a fat loss phase, will get scale weight every single day and just get an average for the week because that's a lot more accurate than just taking your weight once a week um, but the variables being different. So you, you can completely throw your weigh in off. You know, things like water, water intake, sorry, um, food, how long you've had food before you weigh yourself, your sodium intake, your sleep, um, all that different type of stuff can come into play with scales. So uh, although you should be getting a weekly average, I would rely more on your waist measurement um, and progress photos. And if possible, if you can do a body fat percent um, test, something like a DEXA scan or an in-body scan semi-regularly, then that's obviously going to be the best form of, um, of measuring your progress. Um, the last one I wanted to mention, guys, is avoiding sugar altogether, okay? So I, I definitely not recommend you try and get as much sugar as you can or you should be eating a diet high in sugar. But the people that are completely cutting out sugar, I think it's just not sustainable. If you think you can get through the rest of your life without eating sugar at all, then that's amazing um, and congratulations to you. But I think for most people, it's just not, it's not sustainable. It's not something that's achievable over the long run. So avoiding it altogether, Again, similar to like the, as I mentioned, like the cleanses and all that type of stuff, it's just not gonna be great for you over an extended period of time. Um, There's actually a study, I put this in the email that I sent out the other day. Um, it was a graph of, you know, um, down the bottom of the graph was years, okay? So going from, I think it was 1980 or something like that, all the way up to maybe 2015 um, years, and then also the obesity and sugar intake comparison. So. Um, and this is in the US. So the obesity was a steady increase, so a linear progression just straight up, okay? So going continually up every single year all the way from 1980 or whatever it was up to 2015. Um, at around about the year 2000 mark, the sugar intake, so the, the sugar um, consumption, sorry, by the US people actually started to drop, okay? So the sugar intake started to drop, the obesity rate continued to go up. So I think you need to look at things on a wider scheme. It's calorie intake, it's getting a sufficient amount of protein, it's training optimally, it's focusing on recovery such as sleep and whatnot. It's not the little things like how much sugar you're taking in, okay? A lot of people, you'll hear a lot of people say, all I did was cut out 50 grams of sugar and and I started to lose weight every week. You know, the, of course you did because you've cut out 50 grams of sugar um, which, you know, if that was 50 grams of carbohydrates, that's four times five, that's, that's 200 calories. Um, it's, it's easy to see why you've lost, lost weight is because even though you think it's the sugar that's causing it, it's the fact that you've just reduced your calorie intake, that's why you're losing weight. Um, so I think just avoiding sugar altogether is not a great idea. As I said, I'm not recommending that you go out and purposely try and eat sugar. Um, but don't be afraid of it, guys. Focus on things in a wider 
quite a scheme, as I mentioned. So that's it for today's podcast, guys. It's another relatively short one. Um, I hope you've taken a bit out of today. If you did, if there's a few things that you are unsure of or, or surprises in today's shows, things that you weren't aware of, or even if there's a few more that you'd like me to kind of clear up or, or need some advice or help on, please do email me. As I mentioned before, my email is danny at dannykennedyfitness.com. I'd be happy to help you out um, and respond to your email. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. Appreciate you listening. Hope you're enjoying these episodes and you're having a fantastic day. And I do look forward to chatting to you again in next week's show.